888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, episode three. 370. I'm on the line with Jamila Soufrant, who is a podcaster, writer, and founder of journeytolaunch.com, where she shares her journey to reach financial independence while helping others do the same. She's considered a go-to financial thought leader in the first personal finance field and is the resident financial expert on a weekly segment on News 12, the most watched local TV news station in NYC, and has been featured in other notable media outlets such as Essence, Refinery21, Money Magazine, CNBC, CBS, Business Insider, and more. The Journey to Launch podcast was also named one of the 27 podcasts you need to start listening to in 2008 by BuzzFeed. So I wanted to get her on here to talk about how she used podcasting to grow her brand. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Jamila, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, that was amazing. (laughs) That's great. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, it was probably a little better than when we started recording a few minutes ago and my daughter came in and pulled the microphone from in front of my mouth and said, be quiet, mommy is sleeping. <laughs> Hilarious. No, that, I mean, such energy. I was like dancing. I was moving like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, you see, I, I need to change this into a video podcast. I mean, there's dancing happening. We're not getting to see the dancing and all that stuff. We need, we need to do something about that. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that we got to, we get to connect once more we connected uh i think first time in person at fincon right yeah and i was that was like my first fincon that was in dallas and what was that two was that two years ago or three I, years I ago? i think it was i, I don't they all kind of like blur yeah, together it, now <laughs> but it was a few years ago we connected there i remember there was a, a time when you were you were standing next to me and there was a big screen behind me and all of a sudden, your podcast artwork showed up on the big screen behind me. I'm like, oh, I'm with a celebrity. Yay. <laughs> well, funny thing is that I was so I was listening to your podcast in the beginning of my blogging journey when Journey to Launch was just a blog. So I was very familiar with you and I loved your stuff. And so when I saw you, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Leslie. And so it was kind of funny that <laughs> then that happened. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Good times. Good times. What do you have going on right now that you're excited about? Oh my gosh. So the podcast journey to launch hit a million or surpassed a million total downloads recently. So that's been amazing because it's been a little bit over two years since starting the podcast. So to hit that mark in in that period has been just, just amazing. So I'm riding that wave and um, really just connecting and learning more about what my audience wants to see more from me. Okay. So uh, two years, a million downloads, when did you start your online platform, your blog and all that stuff? When did you get started? Yeah, so I, I say, you know, it's one of those things where I started the blog, but I wasn't that serious about it. Yep. Uh, you know, I just kind of put it up. But I would say I officially started Journey to Launch as a blog about four years ago, but then started taking it really seriously more uh, three years ago. So one year in. 
Okay, so uh, four years ago you started it. That's not a very long time ago, but three years ago you said, hey, I'm going to go all in. And, and then two years ago you started this podcast. Right. Okay. Why did you start the blog? So initially I started the blog because I found out about this thing called financial independence. And I was stuck in a commute that I didn't like and a job that I was just not happy with. And so listened to a lot of podcasts and learned about this thing called financial freedom, financial independence, and people retiring early. And I'm like, what is this thing? And <laughs> as I started listening to podcasts and reading blogs, I was like, well, maybe I can do something similar and I should document it so I can share it too. Because I was learning from so many other people online because of what they were sharing. So I said, you know what? To hold myself accountable, I'm going to put my goals out there, going to put this. At the time, it was I'm going to reach financial independence and quit my corporate job by 40. So that was my whole like mission. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, I started the blog. So I started the blog to share that like journey. And really initially it was to be, hold myself accountable to the two people reading the blog at the time to say, <laughs> Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, and I wanted to share it. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to ask this question, but you brought up the, uh, when you're 40. Uh, so how long is, I mean, how old are you that you were saying, okay, I'm going to go to 40. Is it like in 15 years or in 20 years yeah, or in two years? Seven, so I remember when I wrote the article that I wanted to reach financial independence in seven years. So I was 33 when I wrote that article okay. and I said I would do it in seven years. I'm 36 now. <laughs> okay. So you, you wanted to do it in seven years and in, se did you say you were going to leave your job in seven years? Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to figure out a way to reach my my definition of financial independence, which was to have paid off our mortgage. So my husband and I, we live in New York City. At the time, we only had one kid. Now we have three. <laughs> and so I was saying that I wanted to be able to quit this corporate job that paid well, but and really, I mean, brought, brought in more than half our household income. And I wanted to figure out a way where I can walk away from that. It's not that I didn't have to work again because I love working. It was more just to choose what I wanted to do, but that we would have so much more options and flexibility. So I decided that by 40, I'd be able to do that. All right. So by 40, you'd be able to do that. Are you still working at that job now? No, I'm not. So I did quit <laughs> my job about a little over a year ago. Okay. So it took you uh, three years to get to that point. Is that what you're saying? So here's the thing. This is the beauty of starting a business or a side hustle that turned into now what is my full-time business is because this starting journey to launch and the success that it's had and the passion and what I've been able to do with it inspired me to kind of make the leap before I even reached this, the number I'd say benchmark. So I had the idea that I'd have to reach the saving and investing number to be able to quit my job. But what happened instead was because I, I opened up this new world of entrepreneurship for myself is that I was able to find freedom through my current situation. So I haven't reached complete financial independence yet. We're still on our way. We're still working on it. But now I have this level of freedom that I did not have before because now I can basically work on journey to launch full time and be there for my kids more, which is really a priority at this point. That, okay. So this is exciting. You know, you know why it's exciting because I started blogging in 2008. Right. And uh, when I tell a lot of people, Hey, you could start a blog, build a business. And so on, they're like, well, yeah, but you started in 2008. That's when you could have started a blog, a podcast and all that stuff. And, you know, reach somewhere. You started not that long ago, three years ago, and you were able to reach this point this quickly. And I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would say this, that it was because I started to 
really get my finances in order and optimize everything that I was able to take the leap. Right. So for me, what it looked like to like create this pathway of freedom for myself, it was to get really intentional when I was working, when I did figure out what this whole thing of financial independence was, it was, okay, how do I save, invest? How do we pay off debt so that I can put myself, we can put myself in a position that I could take this leap without it jeopardizing the, you know, finances of my family where we had to drop, you know, so what I do right now doesn't currently replace what I made in corporate America, but that is the whole goal is to build it up to that point. So I'm seeing um, uh, this, this, I'm reading the rest of the bios that I had here and it said Jamila and her husband saved, wait, I, in my heart skipped a beat before I re- read the, the number. Okay, but Jamila and her husband saved $169,000 in two years and are debt-free besides their mortgage. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I, I, this was a typo and I read the wrong thing. So can you please enlighten me to the, the accuracy of this statement? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. So let's clarify. I, yeah, I love, I love cl- getting this um, question because I like to clarify. So, yes, it was $169,000 between the two of us. So mm-hmm. that should be made clear, right? It wasn't yep. just me. Between my husband and I, and a majority of that money actually was in pre-tax retirement accounts. So if we can just like step back about like this concept of financial independence, right? And so I don't know, you know, maybe um, some of your listeners have heard of the FIRE movement, financial independent, retire early. That's kind of what started me on this whole path where I figured like, let me figure out how to do this because the whole idea of it is that you're saving and investing aggressively. So while like the typical rule of thumb for like the average person is, you know, save five to 10 to maybe 15% of what you earn in retirement, People who are trying to reach financial independence early and retire early are are saving a lot more than that. They're saving upwards of 50, 75 percent of their income. Now, I know that sounds crazy. It yeah, is yeah, kind of crazy. It sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> yep, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so um, I will say this. So but for us, right, we live in New York City. We both had um, my husband's a teacher, but he he for being a New York City teacher, he got paid well um, and he had his highest degree where he could get paid the most. And I was working in corporate America. So our income combined at the time was very like good for us to be able to save that. So I want to be clear about that for some people that, mm-hmm. you know, for us, that our income level supported that saving. But what we did was we got really intentional and started maxing out our pre-tax retirement plans, which is important to know because when you max out and that's like a 401k. So if you work in corporate America, that's a 401k or for my husband, it looks like a 457 plan or a 403b plan. So all these pre-tax retirement accounts, which allows us to save on taxes and funnel money away before the government can see it or take taxes from it allowed us. So a big part of that that money was put into our retirement accounts. And then additionally, we did some after-tax saving and investing. So what what I'm getting from everything you just said is if you are serious about your finance, like you want to be serious about your financial situation and you want to save, invest and become financially independent. And you, you heard what Jamila just said and you're like, wait a minute, that sparked some kind of interest in my mind. 
you absolutely need to go and check out her podcast, check out her blog, check out her resources, free course and all that stuff. We're going to talk. We're going to link to all of that. And you can go ahead and check that out uh, because that's not the topic of this episode. But I know somebody's listening to it and is like, wait, wait, wait. No, I want that to be the topic of this episode. Well, fortunately <laughs> for you, she's got a whole bunch of episodes on that topic and you can go and check that out. So I want to highly uh, encourage you to highly encourage whatever highly recommend that you go and check out what she has going over there now what we gonna what we're gonna talk about here today and go more in depth is you launched this podcast why did you decide hey you know I'm blogging for a while I'm um, uh, I'm, I'm doing this thing where we're 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 saving we're trying to become financially independent now I want to start a podcast how did the podcast get started yeah, good question because I was blogging for a bit and blogging was cool. You know, I I would say now even if you go to my site, it probably does not live up to your um blogging standards. <laughs> it's, it's like totally not optimized, but I was just, you know, I was writing an article every week or a blog a week and it was hard for me to get like this article out and I was very intent on being consistent. And so I thought to myself, well, you know, because I had my commute at the time, so my commute one way was about an hour and a half to 2 hours one-way driving. So I had a lot of time to be in my car and listen to podcasts like yours in the beginning. And so I knew, I was like, hmm, maybe if I listen to so many podcasts, maybe that's the way I should go because at least I, I feel like I can maybe get that out better as a medium, like talk what I'm, you know, talk and, and share my story in this manner. Plus, because I listened to so many podcasts, I knew exactly the type of podcast I wanted to create. So I had polled my, my, my audience, which was small at the time, but I said, hey, if I came up with a podcast, would you guys listen? And they were like, sure. Why not? And so it really got me thinking about making the podcast my main form of content every week versus the blog. So you started this podcast. You said you know what you would do with the podcast. You knew what you would do different and all that good stuff. What what did you have in mind for what you would do as a podcast? When I was listening to the financial personal finance podcast and financial freedom independence podcast. They were great, right? I heard lots of stories that inspired me, but I thought that there was a voice missing. There was something that a person of color, woman, black woman, like I just thought that my perspective and my personal journey would really resonate with more people because I knew for me, if I knew more about this stuff in my 20s or just in general, I would have done a lot of things differently. And so I knew if I could create something in which someone else would feel like inspired that I could like hopefully create this kind of change. So my biggest thing was to make sure that not only was I telling my story so that this is a big part of why I think my platform has grown the way it has is because I'm also telling my story to launch the financial freedom and independence. So people are kind of like, Oh, we're rooting for you, but I'm also providing them interviews and tools and tips and inspiration and resources for their own journey. And I do make sure that I make it a diverse platform. So it's not the same type of person. It's, it's different perspectives. It's different content because I know that's what I wanted to hear when I was listening to the podcast. You know, I, I think you raise a, a very interesting point there because, you know, I'm, I'm a black man from the Caribbean. Uh, so there's that different angle there. And what I've noticed is, well, there, there are a few things, right? Um, I grew up in a certain kind of environment and then I moved to America. And when I moved to America, I started learning about certain things. And then eventually I started learning about entrepreneurship and all this stuff that I never knew existed in my world before. 
And the more I learn about it, uh, and the more I'm connecting with all these amazing people that are helping me to learn about it, there's something inside of me that just keeps saying, keep going back to the, man, I wish my people knew this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm Jamaican. So I also, I, the whole Caribbean part also like resonates with me because so many more people need to hear exactly this content. And, and, and quite frankly, you know, if you're a Caribbean, let's say you're a Caribbean man that came up in the, 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 the came up ex- how I came up seeing someone else that is like you, that is doing it. It does something different from you to different to you different for you than if you see uh, a, a white American male that is talking about all this stuff you can do. There's something different. And I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and they'll be like, wait, 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 how did we get, uh, you know, why are we talking about race? There's something significant in this that I want you to understand. And that is this. Each one of us comes from a different perspective. And there are people that are going to resonate more with you, whatever your situation is, whether it's black or white, Caribbean, American, uh, African, uh, Hispanic, or whatever the case might be, or whether you grew up with a different kind of experiences, not related to j- race or anything of that sort. Uh, there are people that are going to identify with what you have better than they will if they hear it from someone else that don't share those things. And that's a big thing that I love to emphasize because we are we're all unique individuals, but there are so many people that are that have shared experiences, similar experiences that we can reach in a better way than someone else can. So I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned that and that you were thinking about that when you started your podcast. Do you find that by having that clarity of coming from a different perspective, do you find that that helped you in growing your podcast and your brand? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Because representation matters a lot. And I say, so one of the things I started to do is people, when people now approach me and self-identify as journeyers. So if you listen to my oh, podcast, awesome. if you're on, <laughs> yeah, if you're on this journey with me, then you're a journeyer, right? So that's like my tribe. That's what they call themselves. That's what I call them. And so when people reach out to me or what happened, which was great, you know, when I first went to FinCon, I met you, I had maybe 16 episodes out, not that many episodes. And then as the years went on, more episodes, more people listening. And so people would come up to me at FinCon. So this last FinCon and say, I'm a journeyer. I'm here because of you. Like I didn't even wow. know FinCon existed <laughs> or any of that. And so I'm here. And so my two questions now that I always ask anyone that approaches me in real life is that one, how did you hear about me? Cause I always want to know that. And then two, why do you like my podcast? Because there's like, you know, there's a million podcasts out there and everyone always says, because you're so relatable and you just, I feel like I'm talking to my friend or you're talking, like you're talking to me. And really that's like, I think really when it comes down to my success so far is that I'm really staying true to who I am. So I make the episodes really personable and I'm not putting on airs and trying to be someone that I'm not. I mess up all the time. I pronounce words wrong <laughs> all the time, you know, so I, I still, I share my flaws. I share my insecurities about everything, but I also make sure that I'm focusing on delivering great content. And so I'm really serious about what that looks like. And all of that, every time someone says, oh, I love, you know, I love your interview style or I love like how thoughtful you are with everything. I think it all comes down to like they they know that I kind of have their back in this and that I'm rooting for them just like they're rooting for me. 
I absolutely love it. Okay, so you started this podcast. How did you actually start to get the word out there about this podcast? Yeah, so this was kind of fun for me. So in the beginning, this is before I even launched the podcast, but I had a small Facebook group. I think it had maybe like a hundred, uh, a couple hundred people in it at the time. And this was mostly from, so I was on Instagram a lot and on um, writing this blog. So that's how I first started getting my name or journey to launch out there. And it wasn't until, so when I first started in the blog and Instagram, I thought I could just like do quotes and not show my face. I was like, I'll just, <laughs> you know, be one of those faceless people. And it was fine. Like things were slow and people were reading, but not that many. But it wasn't until I actually started sharing the numbers that people stopped, right? So when I first shared, we saved $85,000, that's when people were like, wait, who is this person and how is she doing this? So I would say when that started, that's when I started to kind of build up like this little Facebook group and a little following, which was like only a couple hundred people on Instagram. And so in that Facebook group, I would say, okay, I'm starting this podcast. And so I want you guys to like kind of help me pick the podcast artwork. So I'd have like people in the group vote on which like artwork they like best. The other thing or what topics they wanted me to like come out with first or who they wanted me to interview. So I got it. I started to kind of like gain momentum that way. And then the other thing that I did, which, you know, there was, I don't think it exists anymore. It may, but there was this thing called Thunderclap. Um, are you familiar with it? Yes, Where I like am. You create, yes. So you could create a campaign in which like if people signed up, it would uh, make them or uh, send out some a social media kind of tweet or whatever platform they chose, whether on Twitter or Facebook to announce something on your behalf. And I'd say this, I don't know that the, the Thunderclap itself really like worked in terms of like it sent out everything it was supposed to. But what it made me do was that I had to ask people to support this thunderclap. Mm. So I had to say to people, Hey, my podcast is coming out in July. And so with there's it's three or four weeks out. Will you please help support getting the word out? Now I'm typically a very like, which is kind of hard for people to believe shy person. And so I, you know, I typically hate asking people like for things. So it forced me to let people know I had this podcast coming out. So for about three to four weeks, I was talking about the podcast on social media, asking people to sign up for this thunderclap, like sign up, which was a big deal. It made me get out my comfort zone. So I think all of those things helped create a, like a little buzz for um, the, you know, the little kind of ecosystem that I was in about this podcast coming out that I had. I love that. And I love that it started with such a small following because I'm looking on Instagram right now. You have 24,700 followers. Um, how, how big is the Facebook group now? Um, it's about 2,500. 2,500. So it, it, it started way smaller, but you leveraged that smaller audience that you had to grow it. And to launch it. And what I, what I absolutely love is what you said about having them select the artwork, having them select the topics and who do you want me to interview. That is so like significant because now they feel like they're, they feel like they're a journeyer now, right? Yeah. They're a part of the process. Yeah, it's pretty cool because when I announced that I did the 1 million t total downloads, I have people who were like, I've been here from the beginning. I remember when you first started. So it's like they literally see everything 
going forward and they really feel a part of it and they really are a part of everything that I'm doing right now. I'm looking at it right now, the, the 1 million posts, um, so well deserved. Someone said, I'm so inspired by your dedication and always challenged by the great speakers you bring onto the podcast. And also, uh, so grateful to be a part of the money, money, money launch club. Thank you for what you do. So proud of you. Haven't having had the opportunity to be an early listener supporter and seeing the progression. It has been amazing. Congratulations. I mean, these people are journeying with you. And it seems like that's a a big part of the key to the success that you've been able to have. Yes, yes. And it's all also in the branding, right? So my the name of my platform is Journey to Launch, which is interesting because it has nothing to do with like finance or money in the title. Uh-huh. So like if you would ask someone before, like, should you name personal finance, like kind of platform <laughs> journey to launch? They'd be like, no, it has to have money in it. <laughs> but my idea around that was that, you know, because we're all on a journey to launch and it's about this journey. So, you know, I kind of tied it in eventually, but I think the, the biggest thing is it's the journey, not the destination. So while we're all going to be talking about reaching these financial goals or even entrepreneurship goals that we have, and yeah, we're looking at the end point, but really my whole point is that it's not the end point. It's who you are becoming along the way. And that's like what it is to be a journeyer. It's like enjoying the journey, enjoying this, this time because it's the longest part. And so if you're going to be miserable and unhappy, then it it's pointless. And so it's like creating the space for people to really, really appreciate where they are and then the steps they're taking to go forward. I absolutely love it. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about what you do when you um, publish a podcast episode uh, because publishing it is like one thing, right? The next thing is, okay, now I got to get the word out there. Not just, you know, in the beginning, it was about launching the podcast as, a, as, a, as an entity. Now, when you publish an episode, what do you actually do? Like the process behind just getting it from recording to no, 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 not the not, world. The, not the recording. So now it's published. Uh, yeah, this yeah. week's episode is published. What is your process for getting it out there so that people can uh, listen to it? it? Yeah, promoting it then. Yeah. So first thing is that I'm consistent. So I've had I have not missed a podcast episode um since I started. So it goes it comes out every Wednesday, and so my audience is pretty used to an episode coming out every Wednesday. And in that time I've had a baby. I've, there's been a lot going on, but I've like committed to getting this episode out. So one, they can just expect that this episode is going to be there, but once it does get out, wait, I, wait, make, I just uh, want to, I just want to put out, put this out there that you just made me feel bad about my podcasting <laughs> because I've skipped episodes when I didn't have a baby coming out of me. So, I mean, the, well, the, the fact, I, I, what, go ahead. Well, I planned for it. So one, it was not like I was oh, like. I oh, was, so you're saying I don't plan. And I'm like this, <laughs> this whack dude that just doesn't show up. Something. I got you. I got you, Jamila. This podcast is over. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I, I just want to say that is so, that is, you just kind of said it and you want to brush past it. But that is awesome because that consistency is so important, right? Because your audience then knows you're going to be there for me, right? You're going to show up regardless. You had a baby and you are still there. Well, if you could do that, you're probably going to be there next week as well. That is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I would say that's a really big part of what my success also is the consistency. And I say consistency and persistency. So I 
I, once I put my mind to something, I am going to like stick with it. And this is just one of the things that I said I was going to do is that I will put out an episode every Wednesday. So that's been helpful because because I've been doing it for a little over two years now, every Wednesday it's picked up steam and, and word of mouth. That's the biggest thing. But I'd say how I promote it is I'm on social media everywhere. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I have a Facebook group. And so once this episode goes out on Wednesday, well, actually let's step back on Tuesday. We do like an audiogram. So just like a snippet preview Uh on social media channels to get people excited about the episode for the next day. Then we promote that same episode all throughout the week until the next episode starts or is released. And so it's really about um, constantly like telling my audience there's a new episode, listen and share it. So my biggest thing is that on the podcast or on social media, I'm constantly saying, share this with someone, you know, like don't be greedy. Like this is great information. Share it with someone who also needs to know this information. Um, Tag me when you share it so I can see it. So I make sure that I also acknowledge when people are sharing it with other people. And so that makes them feel good. And then I'm also sending out a newsletter. So every Wednesday, just in line with the podcast, and I have not missed a newsletter also since I started the podcast, is I sent out a newsletter to my list saying, hey, here's a new episode. Share it with your family and friends. Listen, let me know what you think of it. So I want to talk about this this um, sharing, this constant sharing throughout the week, right? Because one of the things that you would think is, Okay, I mean, you're always sharing your stuff. That can get, you know, people don't go on social media to, to see your links. They go on there to connect with people and all that stuff. How, how, are you, how is what you're doing not spam? Now, I'm not saying it's spam because I'm looking at your Instagram profile right now, and it doesn't look sp- spammy to me at all. It actually just looks helpful. So I want to yeah. talk, talk about how you actually do that without seeming like this spammy McSpammerson that's going all over the place they hey listen to my stuff listen to my stuff how how do you how do you strike that balance yeah so first that's like a mindset shift because the podcast is completely free and it's great quality informative entertaining information so for me like I, I don't even see it like I'm not saying that you say you're saying this but for me like I have no problem like promoting a something that's free. Like it's a podcast, like it's free. And like my whole profile is like the platform. So it's like, if you don't want to see anything about the podcast or my platform, then don't follow me. But if you follow journey to launch, you're going to see things about journey to launch content, which is primarily right now the podcast. So I have no, like for me, it's just like, this is free. Like it's, now if, if I had like, and I do have paid things and, and other stuff that I do promote. And so like, that's not being promoted like every day, day in and day out, only when something's open for enrollment or, or I'm, I'm promoting it specifically for that. But yeah, the podcast, if, so, if you have a blog or podcast and it's free, good content, like you should have no problem consistently talking about it because like literally it's a gift. And, and you know, I have no problem also saying this to my listeners. And this is kind of like when people say like, how did you get so many podcasts um, on Apple podcast reviews? Because I think right now I'm, I'm trying to I want to get to a thousand right now. I'm up to like 790 something. Oh, wow. I checked. <laughs> and so one of the things I haven't been doing as much lately, but I did this a lot in the beginning is listen. I, I take, I am taking the time to bring you this amazing content and like all I, all I'd like for you to do is just either, if you listen to this Apple podcast, leave a review 
or share with your family and friends, you know, if you don't listen to Apple Podcasts. That's all. That's it. This, you know, and so I feel like asking, it's okay to ask your audience, especially if you know you're delivering good content for something in return, especially when that thing in return is free. Like it costs them nothing but maybe 30 seconds of their time or, you know, less to do it. Okay. So you said you started by saying this is a mindset shift. And that's exactly what it is, right? Because a lot of us, I think a lot of us second guess the value that we're putting out there and, or, or, or we're, we're kind of timid with it. Right. I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep bothering people and what you're quote unquote bothering them with, not even bothering, but what you're sharing is stuff that can help them. So it's as if you're saying, yeah, but man, I don't really want to help people. I don't, I don't really want to keep, giving people value. That's kind of what you're saying when you don't promote your stuff, right? Right, right. And it's also you're thinking more about yourself. It's so funny because this same mindset shift that I have like where I'm like I don't even have a problem with sharing my free stuff. I actually am I'm working through with the paid stuff, right? So it's like uh, always yes. like a level of how you, you 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 evolve because you know, I do feel like I've done enough and provided enough content and that's not stopping. I, I continue to provide free content that I I can now say, "Hey, now I had this this paid thing that you can now join if you need more help, more resources. But even that for me is sometimes like, oh, wow, like now it kind of feels feels kind of weird to turn around and pivot and sell something. Uh -huh. But I feel like for people who are not at least where I am yet and they're still like just trying to promote their free stuff, like you, if you know that you're putting value behind your work, you have every right to talk about it as much as possible. And again, if someone doesn't like it or, you know, you don't think it's connecting with them, they don't have to follow you or they can unsubscribe. I think that's the thing. I think it's being confident and not caring too much about who you, what you think they will interpret like your information as, or be annoying. Like they might say, well, I didn't even know, right? Like I didn't even know you had a new episode out or I didn't know you had a blog. And it's just like, well, I mentioned it once, but no, like they literally need to see it a few times sometimes before they say, oh, let me go click on that. That sounds interesting. Or I should go read that. And, and do you, so, okay. Yeah. You have your journey to launch intro Instagram. You have the Facebook group and so on. Do you keep all of your promotions of your content to your business pages and profiles and groups? Mostly, yeah. So I do. Ha I did start a like personal Jamila Souffrant Instagram account, which mm -hmm. I'm not as active on because I just don't have the time. But most of all, just the promotion is through social media, all my social media channels. Got it. Got it. Okay. Is there anything else about how you promote your stuff that? we should know about um, because I mean, this, this right here is, is like golden information. And what I want to do is I'm going to link to all of your social media profiles um, so that people can just see how you're doing it because I'm looking at it right now and it's just so well done. But is there anything else you do in terms of promotion? Yeah, I'd say so in the beginning, I, w I, w I, w I was wanting to get like more like people who had like bigger platforms Not that wasn't my intention, but it was nice if I got someone who had a bigger platform and I would hope like, okay, hopefully they'll share this with their like audience. Right. I actually don't even care about that at all anymore. I actually prefer to find people who are not 
<laughs> on other podcasts or who are kind of like, I, I feel like I'm like A&R where I can discover people. Like I love discovering new voices and people who have, who actually don't even have a platform. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say that one, yes, it's important, especially for a podcast, like to connect and to, to mastermind in a way with other podcasters or people who can also share your work. So that also helped me in the beginning, but primarily I think in terms of promoting the podcast, like don't depend on anyone else to promote it. Even if you have a top guest, I've had like guests that had like huge followings and they never even like mentioned their podcast episode. And I was fine with that because it wasn't about them anymore. It was about what content they brought to my audience. So as long as they did that, like I didn't even care that they didn't promote it. So the biggest thing is I know like a lot of it will be in the beginning, like, oh, I should find someone with a bigger brand and audience and leverage that, which is smart, but you're going to really want to focus on the actual content because then the content will start sharing itself almost because you'll have people listening and saying, Hey, you should listen. They'll tell a coworker or a family friend. I, if I can tell this story, this has been the most amazing way I've heard about the podcast being shared. Um, and so it was because someone asked, so she said she was online at banana Republic <laughs> and she was saying, ironically to a friend, I believe about her finances. And she said, the cashier said, you should listen to the journey to launch podcast. Wow. And that has been the most amazing way. And get this. So I, so in my Facebook group, if you join, I don't let just anyone in, by the way. So I probably could have a lot more people in my Facebook group, but I just don't want like all like, you know, like spammy stuff going yep, on. Yep. So one of the questions that I ask people when they join is, how did you hear about Journey to Launch? And so that was the response. Well, I was online at Banana Republic and the <laughs> cashier told me to listen. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have to share this. So I posted it on my Instagram, like as a post and say, and I said, Hey, this is so amazing. Look how someone found out about it. The cashier responded or commented on that post and said, I'm the cashier. Like I'm the person that told this woman. And then get this, the woman who initially said how she found it responded to the cashier's comment and said, I'm the girl you told. Thank you so much. And like, it was just amazing. Like that whole like exchange, because to me that showed like, that is the real promotion right there. I wasn't nowhere near in that like banana Republic or room, but that's how the podcast is literally like getting shared amongst people. It's word of mouth. It's people telling people about it. And so like, that makes me the happiest more than me sharing it myself is when other people are sharing it for me. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, okay, so now I'm seeing uh, uh, finance, resident financial expert on a weekly segment of News 12, most watched local TV news station, featured in Essence, Refinery29, Money Magazine, CN, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on. Um, how did you leverage what you built to get these kinds of opportunities? Because a lot of people are uh, are in the position where, man, I would love to get my message out there using some of these other platforms and media and so on. So how did that start happening for you? Yeah, you know, so it's like this weird thing where media begets more media. So, you know, it's annoying, right? Because it's like, oh, like if you don't get the media hit, then how are you going to get more media hits? Yeah, but yeah. really, like I got um, a couple like hits. So the biggest hit that or the thing that really I, I would say put me on the map, the like media map is I got featured in Money Magazine. And this was actually a couple like right before I gave birth to my third daughter. So it was actually a couple years in. So I had gotten media hits before, but this was a bit different because once that hit, 
it, it kind of got syndicated everywhere. So it went to like Yahoo homepage and all this stuff. My, my website crashed. It was kind of <laughs> crazy because then I got an email when I was working still from someone at my job and they were like, this is being passed around the office now. Like it was the link of the article. Cause no one at my job knew, like I had this separate life of journey to launch. And so because of that, like that just helped me get more media and which was helpful with bylines. And so what happens is people start like Googling personal finance or woman or just certain things. Like then my name would now start popping up among lists or quotables. So then people will reach out and say, Oh, I saw you in this article. And you know, do you want to add this other quote or share this story? Because they view you as now more reputable. So I'd say like in the way, way beginning, it was, um, I, I, I was subscribed to Haro help a reporter mm-hmm. out. And I did get like my first like little kind of mention through there. And then from there it was really also networking with other people in the personal finance space and um, podcasting space. So with the News 12 thing, that was kind of crazy because I got introduced to the reporter through another podcaster who she was like, I have a friend that's in local news in New York City. They're possibly looking for someone in personal finance. I'll, you know, I can connect you guys. And I literally had just met, um, this is Erica from the Newsworthy. She's who connected me to who I'm working with now at News 12. And like, it was just like one conversation. And, but she knew one, what my podcast was about. And then she just knew she had a friend that needed some help. And that's how we got connected. And since then I've been on that now going on two years, um, every week in New York city with local news and it's expanding to the, some, some other local city. So it's, that's been amazing. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned it's because of these relationships and that's exactly, I think people underestimate the relationships that come from, you know, attending events and connecting with people in person and then what those relationships can do for what they're trying to accomplish. It's been, it's been huge for you. Obviously it's been huge for me as well. Similar thing. I I got introduced to the people at Fox um, 35 in Orlando through a friend that I met at at FinCon. (laughs) And, you know, that has opened up all kinds of opportunities as well. That in-person connecting does so much. Yeah, I think it's especially when you're beginning. So when I met you at that FinCon, that was my first FinCon that I went to. And so I had started listening and, you know, listening to other podcasts or reading blogs. So a lot of people um, that I knew in my head, like this was the first time that I was actually meeting them. And I would say like going to that FinCon, changed like the game for me because a lot of those people like in the room where before if I would have sent them an email or connected on social media like it would have been cool but they saw me in person and I created so many valuable relationships and not with the idea of I'm just gonna like say hi and try to get something yeah. from them but this was like mutually like um, cultivating relationships over time after the first meeting that really like I can directly like link back a lot of the opportunities that I have today was because of the people that I met um, at that conference and or, you know, throughout the years in other ways. So it's really important that wealth. So my platform talks about wealth. And yes, it's about the money, but there's so many more aspects to wealth and actual relationships is a huge form of your wealth capacity. And so for me, it's about really building and cultivating those type of relationships, not just because you want something, but because like that, that just mutual care and respect really goes a long way and is invaluable. Oh man, so much value in that. And you say you talk about wealth and wealth is way more than the finances and so on. Someone was listening to this. A lot of people were listening to this and they're like, ah, there's Jamila girl. I love her. I want some more. I want to be a journeyer and all that good stuff. 
let them know where they can come. They can check out what you got going on. And yeah, just 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 link them up really quick. <laughs> sure. So I love, love connecting with anyone, especially like if they you first hear me like on this interview, like connect with me on social. I'm at Journey to Launch everywhere. So that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I also have the podcast Journey to Launch. So wherever you listen to this amazing podcast, you can just like type in Journey to Launch and you should be able to find me really quickly. And then also if you want to, so if you are looking to also, one thing you said earlier, Leslie, and I thought was great is that, you know, if you're serious about your like finances, like to listen to like journey to launch or like this is why you should start getting your optimizing and getting things in order and for me it's just like if you're serious about life (laughs) like it's not just about money like so right now for me I don't I have not reached financial independence but because I was able to optimize my finances I can do what I love full-time and I think that anyone listening to this is looking to do more of that even if they're maybe they're doing it full-time already but they don't want to have all the angst and you know feelings around money right like money is just a tool for us to use to get what we want in life. And so I think if that's what you're looking to do and looking to improve more of so that you can spend more time with your family, like start a business or grow something important to you, then definitely check out journeytolaunch.com. And I do have a free course. So this kind of walks you through how you can like make changes in your finances to do the things you love. And you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash free course to check it out. Awesome, Jamila. This was awesome. I got some tips that I'm going to be taking action on for my podcast. Uh, and I know that the listeners, are they got, they got some great tips, whether they're starting a podcast or not, just in terms of growing a community, building on a brand and leveraging that brand, connecting. Like, what didn't we cover on this episode? They just got all the value. So Jamila, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for having me, Leslie. It was an honor. Awesome. Hey, make sure to check her out. Um, just, just check her out. If, if only to see how awesome she's promoting her stuff and, 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 and growing her community, go to journeytolaunch.com. Check out journeytolaunch.com slash free course. Uh, you're gonna, you're just gonna get value as you can already tell from the value that you got in this episode. I'm so glad that she agreed to come on here and share all of that awesome stuff with you. Hey, if you would like to get your blog going and you need some help, you're kind of confused, you want someone to hold your hand and walk you through installing WordPress, choosing your niche, and and growing, starting to build your platform online, I want you to go to fromidea2blog.com. That's fromidea2blog.com. You're going to get some free resources to help you do just that that's pretty much it for this episode this is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time and until next time take care and God bless Hey, you still there? <laughs> okay, so I want to play something for you. Uh, this was the first version of the intro where my daughter came in and interrupted the whole thing. All right, you ready? Let's go. This is Blogging with Leslie. Hello, 
everyone, welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview on episode 370, I'm on the line with none other than Jamila Safran, who is a podcaster, writer, and founder of journeytolaunch.com, where she shares her journey to reach financial independence while helping others do the same. She's considered a go-to financial thought leader in the personal finance field and is the resident financial expert on a weekly segment on News 12, the most watched local TV news station in NYC, and has been featured in other notable media outlets such as Essence, Refinery 21, Money Magazine, CNBC, CBS Business Insider, and more. The, the Journey to Launch podcast was named one of the 27 podcasts you need to learn to listen. Oh, oh my word. Okay, so my apologies. <laughs> it's okay. My daughter tell me to be quiet because mommy's sleeping. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so cute. I have kids, so I get it. She totally comes, it. she comes in and she pulls the mic from in front of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I says, be quiet, be quiet, mommy's sleeping. Oh 